And the truth is, if we don't understand what our community needs, and if we don't reimagine God's work in the community, then you may realign your church, and it has no effect on the community at all. Hey, it's Rich, and welcome back to another episode of Leading Your Church. I'm glad you're joining us as we talk about this idea of how do we help our churches overcome plateau and decline. So many of our churches are struggling. Uh, They're not struggling for lack of good intention uh, most of the time. They're not struggling because we don't desire uh, our churches to move forward. A lot of times our churches are struggling and in need of revitalization. And as leaders, we've got to try to figure out how to move our church forward. God's called us to these places, to these churches, um, to be the shepherd for the congregation. And we need to look and try to discern how do we bring revitalization? How do we help make a church that is declining, a church that is plateaued, grow again. Uh, One of the things in revitalization is we've got to begin bearing new fruit. So I want to start with the question, uh, what is revitalization? Uh, It's a a word that is uh, flown around in church leadership now um, all over the place. And we talk about it and you can read about it and you can find a lot of different uh, information about it. But when it comes down to uh, revitalization, what, what does it mean for you as a pastor or a ministry leader, um, whether it is a ministry leader that is on staff or part-time, bivocational, or maybe you're a deacon or a, mini, uh, a, a, a leader within the church, what does revitalization mean? At its simplest, it means change. It means we are going to lead the church to change. We're going to lead the church to bear fruit once again. One of the things we've got to know about revitalization or leading change is everybody's in favor of change until it hits my thing and until it affects the thing that I like, I prefer, the thing that um, I've been a part of for so long. And so we're all in favor of revitalization. We're all in favor of change until it hits close to home. So we've got to help people in our churches understand that God has called us as believers to bear fruit. The scripture says that if uh, Jesus uh, told his disciples, if you will abide in me, if you will stay connected to me, if you will um, rest in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. You see, the life of the disciple is that we would bear fruit. And I believe in our churches, God wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear the fruit of discipleship. He wants us to be growing deeper in how we follow after him. He wants us to to bear the fruit of disciple making, that we have disciples making disciples, that we we bear the the fruit of drawing closer to him through prayer. Uh, we We bear the fruit of evangelism by sharing our faith and our story and talking to people about the most important thing in our life. 
we bear the fruit that comes from uh, giving, the, the fruit of stewardship and being a good steward of our resources. All of those things bring fruit in our life. And when we bear fruit, our communities begin to recognize that God is a loving, active, gracious God. And so God has called us to bear fruit as disciples individually and corporately as a church. We should bear fruit. So let me ask the question. If your church was a tree, what kind of fruit are you bearing? Tell me about the fruit that's coming out of your church. What are the things that you are seeing? What are the things that you have experienced? What are the things that you would want to tell people about the, the fruit that is coming out of your church? Well, unfortunately, in a lot of churches, we're not bearing fruit. And so what has to change? Well, part of it is our proximity to the Father has to change. We, we have to abide. We have to learn to abide. We have to stay connected to the vine. It also requires new thinking. New thinking from the leader first. You see, if as leaders, if we don't begin to think differently, then the, the congregation, uh, our staff, our lay leaders, the congregation, the people who show up each Sunday, they won't begin thinking differently if we don't think differently. And in order for revitalization to happen, it requires leadership from everyone. It requires leadership from the pastor. It requires leadership from the staff, whether they're paid, bivocational, or volunteer. And it requires um, leadership from all of the lay leaders, deacons, committee leaders, um, board leaders, elders, however your church is organized and structured, all of our leaders have to come to the table and recognize that God wants to use us and our leadership so that we can see change, so we can see revitalization, or so we can see our churches bear fruit again. One of the things about leadership is it means that leaders will make adjustments along the way. Revitalization has nothing to do with cruise control. You see, we, we have to engage and we have to make adjustments. We have to turn the dials in our processes. We have to turn the dials in our um, uh, the way that we pace decisions. We're constantly turning these leadership dials so that we can help our church understand that we have to bear fruit and just doing the same thing the same way will not bear new fruit. Unfortunately, one of the things that happens with leadership is we begin as leaders, as a pastor or as a staff member or as a, a lay leader, we begin to complain about things that make us the leader. We begin to complain about uh, the problems. We begin to complain about the things that need change. We begin to complain about all of these things. And, and, and it moves us to a place where we, instead of leaning in and pushing in, we actually pull back from the process. We pull back from addressing the conversations. We pull back because 
we see all of the problems and and we complain about it. But the truth is, if everything was going great in your church and there were no problems, then your church might not need you as the leader. And so leaders address problems. Leaders address the processes. Leaders address complacency. Leaders address all of these things. And unfortunately, it is so easy for us as a leader to begin to complain about the things that make us the leader in the first place. So understanding revitalization, you have to recognize that revitalization is all about leading change. It is leading change spiritually, and it is leading change in your church organizationally, structurally, so that you can bear fruit again. But revitalization isn't all just about a leader showing up and becoming Superman or Superwoman and doing all of the right things in the right way. Revitalization is partnering with God to see the spiritual fruit in your church again. And so as leaders, as a pastor, as a church staff member, um, as a lay leader, we have to understand that it is not solely up to us to see revitalization. It is not up to us to overcome the plateau and decline in our churches. But it is up to us to surrender before a holy sovereign God our skills and our abilities and our desire to be comfortable and to submit underneath the authority of God our availability so that we can partner with him and bear fruit again. This means, leaders, that we have to submit our agendas before the Father. Because, you see, our agenda for revitalization may not be the exact same agenda he has for your church. And so we we have to submit and partner with God. It is not just about a leader showing up on the scene and turning all the right dials at just the right time or or, um, having a magic bullet that will make everything work well again. No, that's not what leadership and revitalization is. Leadership and revitalization is a leader, a pastor, lay leaders, the leaders in the church, will partner with God so that a church can bear fruit again. I think there are three areas of revitalization or three um, arenas that we have to revitalize. Those three areas are first, we have to renew the leader. Yes, that means you, pastor, you ministry leader, you bivocational uh, ministry leader. That that means uh, as men and women, we we have if we are the leader, we have to renew our hearts before God, because revitalization is hard and it can be lonely, and it will be a, 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 about addressing things that people don't want to see addressed. It will be um, leading change. And so we have to renew our hearts before God. Because in order to lead revitalization, we have to have soft hearts before our Father. And 
in the process of revitalization, there are going to be people that say things. Uh, There are going to be people who will disappoint you. There are going to be people that will do things that truly hurt. And so we have to recognize that first and foremost, our responsibility is to soften our hearts with our spiritual habits, to, to grow deeper with the Father. We have to renew the leader. The second area of revitalization has to do with um, we reimagine our community. We reimagine if, if God were to show up and begin doing a work in our community, what would that look like? What are the demographics in our community? What, uh, who lives here in our community? Who lives within three miles of our church, within five miles of our church, within 10 miles of our church? What are the social um, challenges that are in our community? What are the things that are uh, our community is struggling with? Is there poverty? Is there problems with alcohol? Are, are there drug problems? Are there problems with, fo- uh, w- with needing more foster parents? You see, we recognize all of these social things because as a church, God's placed it there um, to bear fruit, not to so that everybody can, can wave and say, wow, what an amazing church, but to bear fruit so that it has a spiritual effect on the community in which it exists. And so we have to see our community differently. And so we need to begin reimagining what it would be like if God began moving within our community. And what role does the church play? And then finally, in revitalization, we begin realigning the church. We begin making the shifts. We begin making the changes. We begin making the adjustments. We begin um, taking away um, things and adding in the right things. We begin um, working on strategy. We begin working on the things that will allow our church to overcome plateau and decline. Uh, Realigning the church is both hard and easy. It's it's hard because a lot of churches just simply don't want to be realigned, but it's easy because we always want to gravitate to start turning those dials. And we think when we think revitalization, when we think leading change, it means I'm going to change this and I'm going to change that and I'm going to, uh, to push this and I'm going to um, really kind of begin taking away that. And so as leaders, we always want to gravitate to realigning the church. But the truth is, if we don't renew our hearts as a leader, if, if we don't become different in our relationship with God, if we're not bearing fruit individually before God, then we're going to struggle to realign the church. And the truth is, if we don't understand what our community needs, and if we don't reimagine God's work in the community, then you may realign your church, and it has no effect on the community at all. And so while we naturally want to go towards realigning the church and we think our church is a problem, our people are the problem, or we need more of this and we need less of that, and and I want to do all of these things. And then we forget about the importance of renewing the leader. We forget about the importance of reimagining the community. Then we begin realigning the church to things that maybe... Um, we shouldn't be um, be doing. And so one of the things I heard um, years ago, maybe 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I don't know, that 
in churches that have been on a long decline, they've been plateaued or they've been on a long decline, but then something changed and something shifted and they began growing again. I heard this this quote, and I don't remember who said it, but it said that in every single one of those cases that were studied, either the the leader was changed or the leader changed. Let me say that again. That in all of these churches that had been declining for a period of years and began growing again, either the leader changed or the leader was changed. And what that means is that in those cases that were where the churches rebounded, either the leader had a change of heart, had a change of mind. There was something significant that changed about the leader. Either that took place or there was a change of leadership in order that that church could begin growing again, or I would say it this way, that would begin bearing fruit again. Now, pastors, ministry leaders, you may be a staff member, you may be a deacon, you may be a um, Bible study leader, you may be just a, a member of a church. I believe your church can begin growing again. And it can happen without having to, to remove multiples of people in leadership. But if there is not a significant change of heart, a significant change of mind in, in the leader, the pastor, those who are holding the core of leadership within your church, if, if that is, is not changed, if there is not a significant shift or changed, then it will be incredibly difficult for your church to experience revitalization. And so as you listen to this, I would like for you to begin praying and just reflecting with our Heavenly Father and say, God, what are the things in my heart that I need to, to change? What are the things in, in my heart, in my life, that I need to surrender to you? You know, David prayed. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any wicked way within me. And so what I would say is, Maybe today as you listen to this, you don't have a wicked way in you. But maybe in your heart and in your mind, you have a misguided agenda. Or you have a selfish ambition. Or maybe there is some, some hurt from being a part of the church for so long and you've heard people say, well, if only he did this or, or only he did or she did that. And those things hurt. And so I would just encourage you this morning or today as you listen to this to spend some time with your heavenly father and ask him, God, search me. God, what are the things that in order to um, lead our church forward, to lead our church to overcome plateau and decline. What are those shifts that need to happen? 
You see, the first step in revitalization is as leaders, we come before our Heavenly Father. And we spend time with Him in prayer and in His Word so that He can encourage us and sustain us. Before we go to the part of realigning our church, I want to encourage you as a leader. The, the, the thing that I want you to do today is just begin being honest with your Heavenly Father about what is going on in your heart related to your church and overcoming plateau and decline. You see, I'm confident that you can lead your church to change. I'm confident that you can lead your church to bear the fruits of discipleship, to bear the fruits of evangelism, to stir the baptism waters, to begin um, seeing people come to faith. I believe you can bear those fruits. But in order to see that happen, it first starts with the leader surrendering himself or a leader surrendering herself before the heavenly father, before our, our father and saying, God, search me and know me. And then when he reveals to you, begin walking a path where you become a changed leader. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about renewing the leader. And then after that, we're going to talk about reimagining your community. And then following that, then we'll begin talking about realigning your church. See, revitalization can come to your church, but it's going to be hard. But it might be the most joy-giving thing you've ever experienced. And so let's take this journey together as you're leading your church to overcome plateau and decline. Let's figure it out together. God bless you. And I can't wait to, to have another conversation with you about renewing the leader.